episode 29 design company podcast and we have as a guest today a friend i dare say simon barry who is going to talk to us about kindness in business that's the topic we want to stick to but before we go into prodding that topic a little bit more simon please tell us who are you so i i'm a man of of many facets i forgot my fingers in blockchain uh personal development mindset kindness is a big topic as well because that's what we're going to cover today uh, and mostly i'm a business coach that really focuses on the internal operations of a company so how do you get from point a to point b in the most efficient best way possible and i've got that from the experience of working in corporate for nearly 20 years and also working with probably about 2000 startups over the last 15 years so it's kind of given me that nice balance between crazy corporate life and crazy startup life which i think there's a there's a lot to pull from and a lot of advantages of both so what's the what's the purpose of the work that you do and how does kindness play into that purpose well it was the real epiphany was me coming into the office miserable opening my email and then seeing a barrage of tasks that I had to do. And that's not a kind or a nice way to go. And of course, as soon as people know you're in the office, they're on the phone wanting to know what's going on and what you're doing and have you read my email. And it's not a kind way of doing things. There's, there's always a nicer, more decent way to do things where people collaborated more on solutions to problems rather than coming into the office to firefight so i think that the kindness is not only how you treat yourself when you go into to the office but also how you treat your colleagues as well because we spend 40 some some of us 50 60 hours in the office a week it's more than we spend anywhere else in the world we need to have a better way of working where we're not only kind to ourselves but kind to, to others around us and it just makes a much better working atmosphere in my opinion. i just I just want to rerun what you said, Simon. I was say, telling something to Jason earlier, and I'd forgotten it, but I just remembered it thanks to what you said. It's all about moving from a culture of blame to a culture of learning and just saying, hey, you know, this thing is not working. Let's collectively figure out how to make it better instead of trying to find the person responsible and then sanction them for it. Absolutely. Far too much finger pointing in business. And, and what it becomes is a way of almost you, you're siloed where you're too scared to make a mistake and too scared to screw up. So you try and do the minimum possible or the minimum impact and shove it along. And, and that creates a very dysfunctional working environment. And that kind of fear means you're probably not working to your optimal. But the inverse of that is that collaboration where, you know, it's a pleasure to work with your colleagues. It's a pleasure to make your customers happy. You know, it's, it's brilliant. And uh, one of the things I always try to do is when I was managing people is, is tell people they've done a good job. And it sounds like such a small little thing, but people were, you know, oh, thank you very much. And that's amazing. And, you know, that, that kind of feedback kind of builds those positive habit loops as well, because if they know they've done a great job and you've treated them nicely, it's great because there's far too much shouting and negativity. So it's, it's really just, just turning things on its head and appreciate the good days. There'll be more of them. And, uh, you know, there will be bad days. Don't get me wrong, but have the right mindset about it where you can actually go and have a better day and deal with things collectively and responsibly so that the business can still thrive because you learn more when things are in a down phase than you do when they're, they're going fabulously well. 
So what do you think, uh, Mo, we should ask him about uh, people? While he's thinking about it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chuck one in, which is what is the role of kindness when you're managing people? What is, uh, how does kindness help you manage people better? Yeah, oh, it's, it's very important because people often treat it like a number. You're just an employee. You come in, you do your work, you carry on. But if you treat people with kindness, you understand that they're people and they have might have had a bad day or they've had a terrible commute into the office or they've rushed their breakfast or whatever. And going into that with a different mindset of kindness actually generates a better atmosphere with your subordinates, you know, with the people who report to you, plus the people who you report to. It's 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 very important to have that on the outset, because if you're coming in with the mindset of, I haven't had my coffee, I'm really tired, I'm really irritable. Oh my goodness, there's 400 emails that are all urgent. I've got to deal with them. The phone's going, you're not going to put yourself in the best mood. If, if you think of that kindness mindset when you go in and that's how you start, then it can often diffuse a lot of situations where people are irritated you know i often and i must admit it almost sounds like a bit of a bribe but i'll often bring biscuits or cakes into the office and it's again it's a small thing but it's that kindness it's like you know i appreciate you here's you know there's some stuff in the kitchen to help yourself because it, it's it's about putting a smile on people's faces even if it's a small smile it really helps because when things do go wrong then people will go that extra mile people will stay a few hours late but if they're not and you just treat them like they're a number or, you know, you've got to wring as much work out of them as possible in as short a time as possible, then then they're not going to stand up to the plate for you. And, and that's that's what it is. You know, if, if you want a, a high productivity company that people come in with smiles on their faces, you have to take personal responsibility for that. And that's that's where that kindness comes in. And I think it has to go from the very top um, and you have to take responsibility and, and do that. I, I like what you said, Simon, right, because. I think, you know, generally speaking with this kind of like yoga, meditation, chief happiness officers, we tend, it's like we say in love, right? It's not about one big declaration. It's sustained, repeated action, right? And so you said you have to start from the top. I agree. I think it's also personality. And what I've learned recently is that personality is nothing less than sustained action. So if mm. I say, yeah, I like sports, but I don't really exercise ever. It's not really my personality. It's just something I'm saying. If I'm running Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, okay. I like exercise. That's my personality, right? But obviously, you are the inspirational leader, being kind to everyone. How do you make sure that people are kind in a systematic way? Because systems today can be quite unfair, unkind, and human. How do you ensure that not just that you're creating wellness for your employees, but also that they are systematically creating wellness amongst each other? And this is the key question, because it's very easy to do kind of top-down, making them happy. But then when you're you know, out and away... How do they sustain and grow that seed that you've planted? Yeah. It's a question of the month so far, I would say. <laughs> so, Mo, uh, tap yourself on the back, bruv. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's, to me, it's all about corporate culture. Um, you have to have that environment that exists within the company so that if you are absent, then the good ideas, the good flow, the, the good atmosphere is still there when you're not there. You know, so many times I've seen a, an inspirational leader who is the hub of of all the decisions leave and everything collapses and that's that's not necessarily a good leader that's that's more of a automaton right there's someone who who 
top-down leadership approach and and they may be kind of wonderful about it but that that doesn't help the company because you you're there to nurture and help people grow so you have to be empowering you have to have that atmosphere where the culture is good enough where that people know that that it's okay to step up to the plate it's okay to to make those decisions it's okay to do it if you keep people in this tight net where they're not allowed to do things or or they're always looking to you then you're creating restriction right off the bat and that really doesn't help in terms of company culture so it has to be done very mindfully from the get-go i don't think you have to enshrine this in a lot of process and procedure because you can bog things down but you have to say look you know i trust you i empower you you know so that if i'm away you are responsible and you're able to do things and a lot of the things to do is there may be mistakes things may go wrong not having that blame culture as well so so i think that's really crucial because things will go wrong what whether you're responsible or somebody else is but if you have a nice culture where if something goes wrong let's anal analyze it look at it and figure out how as a whole company we can get better at moving forward while not pointing fingers and that pointing fingers things comes from a culture not necessarily a process and procedure thing and and it's it's how you approach so that that will inform how your hr hires the next person that will inform how you interview that will inform how you behave within your office and and these things will come part of the culture so you know i'll go back to my biscuits and cakes thing you know you, you could have those you know i've seen companies do that on a friday where they might have a glass of wine or a beer on a friday just just to help people mingle and and, and get those conversations going there are things you can do as a company to do that but really you have to be very mindful of the type of people you're bringing in and the type of culture you're bringing in because someone who has the wrong mindset or is very selfish or doesn't want to be kind and doesn't want to give can really upset a company so so when i hire i will obviously hire on have they got the skills and ability to do this but i'm very particular on who i'll hire based on the culture and what impact they'll bring to it because it's it's a team and uh, you have to make sure that people are good team players first rather than do they tick all the boxes in terms of what they can do yeah it's uh goes back to that like attitude not aptitude uh sort of statement uh which sometimes sounds a bit like a sort of cliche truism but actually it's really really uh absolute fact uh so in terms of innovation then how what is the impact of kindness on innovation and uh, how does innovation happen in a kinder workspace okay well for me innovation is crucially about being bold and courageous if if we're reticent if we're holding back we're not being creative we're not being inventive so having that culture and empowerment where people can put their hand up and say i've got a great idea or i'd like to try this or how about we do it this way that creates the atmosphere where people are listened to ideas can be tried and if they go wrong they're not blamed if they go wrong so so it all goes back for me to the culture where people can stand up and that's why startups can be seen as quote unquote innovative because everyone pitches in and everyone wears different hats and everyone does things it's no real secret how it works and that's why it gets lost in bigger corporate cultures because everyone's siloed and everyone has their roles and everyone can't say this and i can't comment on what so and so is doing and whatever but if you open the doors up and have the ability where anyone can come up with ideas, I always go back to the story about Ford 
and Ford Motor Company took all the senior managers off on a big trip, all expenses paid, and asked them, come up with ideas to make our company better. I think over a course of five days, they came up with something like 30 ideas. Great, brilliant ideas. They asked their people on the shop floor. Within about half a day, they came up with about 300 ideas because they're the people physically doing the work. It shows you have to use these things here. You have to use your ears. You really have to listen and you have to be open to that flexibility. And that flexibility comes from having a strong corporate culture where it's okay to say have we tried this can we try that and that's that's for me where it comes from so in terms of products then how do products benefit from kindness is there a kindness impact on on product development and perhaps even product design in in your experience simon I, I would think so. I think you done, you know, uh, the word that springs to mind is responsible. You have to have that responsible design. You, you can have design that's functional or that's cost cutting or, or that, that fits in the purpose. Or you can have this open, more expansive way of saying, I'll design my products in this way. I'll listen to my user base. I'll be flexible in terms of my approach. I'll have this. I mean, I'm a big fan of iteration where we build quickly we fail fast we iterate we test we learn and we build those feedback loops in because if you build those you're able to design a better product more quickly and iron out all the little kinks and problems and you do that by listening that's what it is you know listen to your user base listen to the people building the product listen to the people testing the product go and talk to your client services who are at the forefront and getting these issues or problems coming back so often as a business, we are closed off and we think our product's perfect and it's out there in the ether and it must be user error or it must be something else or everything's absolutely fine or it's no problem or it must be a quirk here. Open your mind and open your eyes and actually see that there's always an improvement you can make. And the thing is perspective here. If you put yourself in the perspective of the customer and think about their wants and needs because we're very often fall into that trap of thinking about your own profit margins and maybe there's some of the technical issues behind it and maybe the design decisions behind it put yourself in that customer perspective and think about it from what issues are you trying to solve what problems are you trying to get over what do they like what don't they like and it kind of changes your perspective on things and then you think okay i, I want to make it a joy i mean apple is very good at this because they try and just make things simple and minimalist and that's how they try and twist it from a customer point of view and that's what you need to do with a product is just think about customer and think about usage and think about it and, and again inject that kindness and joy into it you know what you're trying to do what you're trying to engage what kind of experience you're trying to give people you, you see things that are over designed and over engineered because you're in that process and you're in that phase and you're designing things and it's all exciting but you're not thinking about the end user coming into it without seeing the product or its purpose or its why and how they approach and think of it. It, it let's let's be kind about this let's let's nurture them let's let's make it a joyful happy experience let's let's make them love this let's 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 give it those those feelings and uh you know have a have a love for your product have a real joy about it because instead of just going out there and say this is our next cash cow or this is something that's gonna make us a ton of money have it inspire joy in people because i guarantee it will probably make even more money if people love your product rather than it saves me a bit of money 
what what, what tends to just just one one thing there what, what tends to happen in corporates Sorry. i've seen what happens in corporates where uh the opposite uh, approach is taken where effectively the corporate company that has got really terrible products, they start getting feedback from the customers that start saying that, you know, the product doesn't work, right? It's, it's terrible. And the corporate, instead of actually fixing the issues, they start actually calling the customers stupid, fools, idiots. These people don't know anything, blah, blah, blah. And that's like an extreme anti-pattern and the opposite of what you were saying, Simon. But that can also creep in in like smaller amounts uh, and 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 it's kind of just a little squeeze of toxicity, right? And then you know if, if you bring in more people, and they start squeezing in a little bit more toxicity. Before you even know, everyone's going, "Oh, these people out there are so stupid," you know. And it's like it's the same stupid people that are buying Apple products at ten grand a pop, <laughs> right? But Apple have cared for them, and literally they have Apple Care, which also costs an arm and a leg. But people are happy to buy that because. Hey, Apple is kind to the customer. <laughs> Absolutely. And what we're talking about, yeah, and it doesn't take much for the, those things to creep in because it just takes a different mindset or a different person coming in with a different perspective or you're, you're very right for, for someone to go and have less care about the, the user experience. And, and that's why open communication and trust and respect within the company where you're actually, you know, talking to your clients and getting those feedback and actually acting on it rather than just saying, Oh no, they're, they're silly. They don't know what they're doing. They haven't implemented it right. Or they're holding it wrong or they keep pressing the wrong buttons. And I know <laughs> take, take that personally and, and deeply care so that you're able to affect it properly. You can show that you care about your customers because they'll love you back. And, and it, 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 it's a wonderful thing when that happens. Uh, it's it's not easy. It is hard work because putting yourself in the mindset of your customers and, and going this extra mile can sometimes affect your um, your profit margins. But longer term, it's it's much more powerful because you, you create much more stickiness for your customers and potentially much more profit. So I, I would I would highly recommend that that caring approach is is at the heart of your business and the heart of your decisions because you will massively reap the rewards. I mean, I would actually going to ask a question next to Simon on the money side right and so you know you've obviously got different things that you see in your career so it's a two-pronged question maybe if you can tell me you know because I think what you said about implementing kindness it's all about culture and DNA and then whatever you do fans out from there right and so just having people be decent humans takes a long time it takes selection it's not necessarily a cost in itself you know it's more like getting one but then what I'd like you to tell us is maybe two different business stories one which is like, let's say, a really exponential outcome that you saw in creating a fitness, maybe a new product idea, someone who really moved the project to the next level, you know, one time where that really helped something grow. And also on the flip side, a more negative experience you've seen of companies where just hubris was really too much there. And so it cost them a lot because, you know, Jason was mentioning small doses of toxicity earlier. I think it's also on the other side, it's, you know, nourishing the small doses of an idea that could become something or picking up on the very early traces of something that's going to become a problem immediately because you're practicing empathy rather than six months down the line when you're firing people because you can't pay them anymore so yeah if you can say like you know one outcome sort of story exponential and one which is like really terrible <laughs> entertaining and useful i'll start off with a terrible one first because it's good to end on a on a high <laughs> so so I, I worked in a company i had a, had a terrible toxic 
culture, which was very blame orientated. So whenever we had board meetings, it was tons of shouting, tons of finger pointing, tons of problems. Now, at no point did we even discuss any of the customer issues. And when the customer issues came up, the client services department were blamed for not communicating with the customers properly. So it was this very much blame culture and everything was directed by numbers. You know, we want to grow 20% in the next quarter. And we, it never did. It never did because everything was all in turn. So two problems arose from this one massive amounts of customer turnover. So people were always fighting to get extra customers on board Two massive amount of staff turnover, which meant internal chaos. So for the ones of us who stayed around, there was always an extra set of training, which means you're always five or 10 steps behind because you did that with expertise there and having or even changing any kind of corporate culture became very difficult and very toxic. And, and to be honest, the company didn't last. That, that was a bad story where right from the very top, <laughs> right through to survive in an atmosphere like that, you had to be ruthless. You had to cover your back. Um, you had to not try and be working on something when it blew up because you'd get the flack, even though it might not be your problem. So, so that's a good example of a, toxic atmosphere that can spiral out of control on the, on, the flip, <laughs> on the flip side i've worked in a company that had a very inclusive atmosphere everyone was respected everyone's opinion was important and uh, someone from client services came up with a new product idea they got this idea off their own initiative they got this idea by talking to customers and clients and, and they wrote a fantastic report they knocked on the door of the md to the md two weeks later the software guys had written the product we did a little competition internally to come up with a name someone came up with a fabulous name who was i think at the moment they they, they worked in cleaning um they got a nice little prize for it the product was launched it became our biggest seller everyone felt this collective responsibility for not only creating but inventing something and everyone knew that they could stand up and say oh i've got this idea and we didn't mind who came up with the idea it was important that an idea was brought up it was evaluated between us all and we openly discussed it there was no i'm senior to you or you're subordinate whatever it was brilliant and everyone had good fun the atmosphere there was very work hard play hard we we you know socialize with each other inside of work outside of work people had big smiles on their faces you know people didn't mind if you rolled in a bit late because because of the trains the atmosphere was great and they they did some stats on us because i think they eventually sold the company we were something like 11 times more productive per person than the company who acquired us and the reason was was because of the atmosphere and that atmosphere came from the very top because it was very open very collaborative you know you could move around easily it was very good and the company made a ton of money so so that is an, a good example of a complete flip where there's less control seemingly less procedures but it wasn't chaotic it was actually extremely productive and actually had a good financial reward on the flip side amazing and so what is the what is the impact of kindness on on growth of companies uh, i mean i gave an, an example of a big corporate client uh, I worked with and they acquired uh, in the telecoms business and they acquired a smaller telecoms company that had a much more sort of startup kind of culture. 
and they brought them into the same building. And so you would go to this other part of the building where the other acquired company was. You 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 kind of go from the main telecoms client and it's like, it's like a morgue in there. And you walk into this acquired company and then suddenly it's like a playful startup-y kind of vibe. Everyone's like, hey, would you like a coffee? And the other person's like, yeah, sure. I'll have a tea as well. Bring me some biscuits and that kind of stuff. And it's like, whoa, the difference is massive. What's the impact of kindness and growth? Well, it, it has a massive impact because it means you're, you're more open and you're more flexible and you're more able to do things. Your example is perfect. And I've come across similar examples where that kind of startup-y, again, it's in inverted commas because I think it's much more of a mindset than a size of the company. Atmosphere can actually create an atmosphere of much more collaboration, much more relaxed, and conversely, much more invention and creativity. And that kind of thing is infectious because people who come into that atmosphere kind of get swept up in it and know that they don't have to hide. They can be themselves. They can show their character. They can smile, but also they can express themselves. And people who are allowed to express themselves in business rather than feeling they have one or two hands tied behind their back tend to grow and if you grow in a company the company grows with you and that's really important to have so that kindness not only to you know your staff but also to your customers and clients can have a massive effect as i mentioned before telling people they've done a good job or you know sending out a christmas hamper to your best clients things like that small little acts of kindness can have massive effects on things like loyalty or or things like people tolerating it more when when things break one of my early careers was actually on the phone dealing with people who were trading and muggins here had to ring these people up when the trading system went down now this these people were angry if they had to ring me. But believe me, they were very kind if I explained and I was very kind and I, I gave them a solution for the problem. Now, clearly, the system being down, whether I rung them or they rung me, was the, the same result. But the fact that I led with kindness and I was giving them a problem, but telling them how I'd solve it and treated them with respect meant that the next time we spoke, it was much nicer. So, so how overcome? If you wrap that with kindness, wrap that in cotton wool, put a nice little bow on top of it, then you'll find that solutions are much easier, that, that people's tolerance is much better. And therefore, your ability to go and, and express that kindness is, is much nicer. And therefore, going back to your point about company growth, your potential company growth can be can be a lot better as well. I, um, I, I like what you said, Simon. Um... There's a saying I appreciate, a rising tide brings up all the boats, right? And so very often we think about growth, it's like, oh, how can I grow? How can I, I, I grow? But actually what you realize is, as you said, instead of just like trying to take the most out of your people, is giving to them and bringing everyone you up. So kind of another way that I put it, for example, I have like what, one of our country managers in Nigeria, right? Um, in Anya. He's an awesome guy. Right. And I keep telling him, dude, if you make more money than me, even though I'm the president of the company, I am happy because that means that, you know, I've created a job where someone's really making a happy life. If he's getting super well paid, I'm probably also getting very well paid. So even if he makes more than me, I don't care because collectively we're all rising together. Right. And so I think this is kind of the key thing to, to kind of take from kindness. It's uh, really not just like being kind individually, but collectively seeking to elevate ourselves absolutely end of my philosophical inspiration no it's it's a very important point and that that collective responsibility 
and if I do well, you do well. That that if that permeates around the business, it, it can have a real real magical effect. And 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 that's it. What it is is you know it's it's about not being selfish. You know, if if you're open to 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 do you know what they may earn more than me, or or they they may go out there and and win these deals and get more commission. It's fine because I know that when the company does well, that I'll get a bonus or whatever it is. It's it's when the company starts being selfish about it and starts changing the rules or flipping things around that you can create an atmosphere that might have been kind in the past, but can often start flipping and start changing. That's where these little things can creep in and people create bad feelings. So I've always found, especially in companies, being very, very open and honest about what happens and why. And even if it's um, this, this department's going to get a big bonus because of this reason, right? And this department's going to have a pay rise for this reason, but I'm afraid this can't happen because of this reason but don't worry when things turn this will happen and, and you know too often companies can hide behind things you know secrecy and i won't tell you what's going on or, or it's just happened for a reason but you know business is business and, and people at the end of the day are reasonable people as long as you are not you know trying to squeeze every ounce of them and, and try and pay them less than their worth and you treat them like human beings then it's all good you know, everything will, as you say, you know, rise and, and the boats will rise and the tide will rise and everything is it's all awesome and magical because you've put kindness at the heart of things, not profit. And oddly enough, the profit will still grow when you put kindness at the heart and take your eye off the ball and put it on the kindness. Instead, the profit will grow anyway in a nicer way. So for anyone who's listening to this please pop in the comments uh of this podcast what caught your ear the most uh from simon today because there's so many little nuggets there uh that we're definitely going to have to snip this out and and repurpose it uh but one other thing to really highlight here is that anya design company software literally works on all these principles of caring for the opinions of every single employee inside your company. And then it bubbles them back up to the management and executive uh, layer of the company and enables the management and executives to care for the employees in the way that they ought to be caring for their customers, kindly, inclusively, uh, patiently, and in a, in a, in a well uh, mannered fashion so that money and growth happen naturally as an as a outcome of that appropriate style of management and so on so for anyone who's looking for that standardized and automatic and consistent way of of doing what simon was talking about we're more than happy to help you with our software and consultancy services and so on meanwhile simon please tell us what kind of people or companies you're looking for and where can uh, people connect with you at? Yes, so my website is www.simonbarry.tv. People think I have a TV company, but maybe that is coming. <laughs> coming you're later. a media personality, aren't you? I am a media personality, so uh, I think that fits quite well. Uh, in terms of companies, I, I'm, I'm open to talk to kind, decent people who who want to grow their company and crucially who want to learn. There are plenty of people out there who have hit a roadblock or have a challenge or know that they need to change or have a big ambition and need to grow. And, and I, I can help guide them to their, to their next milestone. And, and, you know, that, that is a, it's a magical thing because there are smiles all around and even better, the profits increase, which is exactly what you want. 
Awesome. Simon, thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, you know, I got massive respect for you. And uh, I'm sure Brother Mo uh, shares my opinion now that he's taken you through the design company wheel here. And uh, <laughs> what do you think, Mo? Is good, good or bad guy? What do you think? Should we be kind to him? <laughs> and the closing <laughs> comments. Well, uh I think I think Simon is the uh, is an, a perfect example of the kind of directors of companies you want to be working with. Essentially, you understand that it's all about having those shared values, and that being director does not make you god; it just makes you more responsible for Absolutely. making sure everyone makes it through to the next step. Absolutely. So you know the the big epiphany for me was you you can smile, you can have a good time, you can be kind, and you can not be selfish and still make money in your company. And it's a win-win-win for everyone. And that, that's, that's the way forward, I think. So I concluded then on Simon is a perfect kind of director. Thank you very much, Simon. Hey. <laughs> My pleasure.